Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Happy gays. Welcome to the show. Hi, I am Jared Hagland. I'm Ashley Fair. And we are Gay, Gay Best, Best Friends. Friends. Oh, hello. We've got a show for you today. we got hot topics coming out our ass. We've got things. We've how got do, updates. Updates. How, how, how are you doing? I am doing very well. I had a really nice day today. I was off. Um, and it was beautiful outside. No Gorgeous. snow. I got to wear just a den- denim jacket. So it was like. You know, the weather's good when you can take off your winter jacket. You and Jerrica both had a day off together today. What did, what did you guys Which do? Which never happens. We, um, well, we stayed in bed until about noon. Lovely. It was great. And then, as you know, we were going to go for a walk at Pacific Spirit Park. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do that because I, we say I wanted to be in bed forever. Um, but instead we chose to take Captain for a walk along the seawall and get ice cream. So we did that, and then came back home and snacked and watched Grey's Anatomy. You saying that you two were in bed t- together till noon is like one of the first times that I think like a thruple really just jumped into mind. That'd be the best case scenario, so that the other person could get you guys breakfast. Right? That would be nice. I Do guess that's think... just a servant. Maybe that's Are... not a thruple situation. Are you assuming that like in thruples, like it's always like all three in bed, and like one of them goes and gets breakfast? No, I imagine rotating bed situations. Oh, okay. That's. What I would imagine, too. Yeah. I just thought that would be a useful thing of, like, the third person. <laughs> Lesbian couple seeks third just to bring them coffee and breakfast. Yeah, preferably Uber Maybe Eats walk employee. the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is the worst part, though, is having to take the dog out. But Jerrica oh. got up, I don't know, at, like, seven or something. We could hear Captain roaming around. So she got up and took him out, and I pretended to be sleeping um, while she got ready <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Good on you. I was very sleepy. And uh, to be fair, like, I was tired. Well, then. You're not yeah. lying. You were just pretending a little bit. No. Uh, you and Zach had a day off together yesterday. How'd that go? It Who'd was lovely. We met up with some friends. We went out for a donut. Ooh, where? Uh, um, Cardums. Like, good. I was going to ask, like, if you're going to say Tim Hortons, after I asked the question, I was like, wait, do you want to share that no, information? No, you can walk up and leave if that was Tim Hortons. <laughs> I'm not going to Tim Hortons for donuts. Hmm. Go on, though. You, okay, good. Oh, we donuts. Went, got donuts. We went to a brewery. It was just a lovely day. He made me a fantastic dinner. Hmm. And then we kind of, like, passed out on the couch watching CNN's uh, program miniseries on the 80s. Don't you love long-term relationships? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by mini-series on the 80s. Sorry, Siri <laughs> just really got involved in our conversation and still didn't know what we were talking about. <sighs> but yeah, it's nice. It's <laughs> Low pressure is nice. It's not even like low pressure as much as just it's nice to be comfortable and confident in your interactions with someone. And you get to just be comfortable. And not in a sweatpants way, although, like, yes, I will wear my oh. leggings and Jericho's sweatpants. Sweatpants involved. Yeah, totally. But it's not like... What? Do you... Did you watch Scrubs? Yes. Do you remember when Carla and what's-his-name first get married 
Or so at some point when they're a long-term relationship and he's complaining about once her sweatpants are on and she ties the the tie on her sweatpants, that means like the night's over. Is it Scrubs? Is that Scrubs? I think that's Scrubs. I think it's Scrubs. Um, Anyway, that's not what I mean by comfort. (laughs) No. Because sweatpants can come off. I was going to say, in any good long-term relationship, you don't do up the front of the sweatpants. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Keep the options open. (laughs) The sweatpants just don't turn you off anymore. Right. (laughs) No, he'd been up since like 3 a.m. Toronto time. So I was shocked that he was even able to do anything that day and make me a delicious dinner. No kidding. Oh my gosh. How's he doing today? Pardon my yawn. (laughs) I think he's tired. Yeah. Yeah, he's working again right now. I know. Hopefully he gets to just come home and sleep in tomorrow maybe. Does he sleep in? Is he a like oh, a yeah. morning person or a... he has such weird schedules with his work? That He's a nothing he, person. He, yeah, he, he just... has to some days just sleep in. But does yeah? Yeah, fair enough. You got to catch up on your sleep. Do you believe in a sleep bank? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Because I deplete my sleep bank. I think for most of the week, mm-hmm. and then I need like at least one day on the weekend where I sleep till like ten or eleven, and that refills it. But do you really think that's like a sleep bank thing or is it just that you have deprived yourself of sleep? From, from my sleep bank. <laughs> and then I fill my sleep bank up. <laughs> that's how it works. Well, I can't argue with that. Right? <laughs> you tried and it still just... <laughs> just popped it. <laughs> um... I mean, I, I I also talk about the sleep bank. Like, it's a thing. But I think we just all should maybe sleep appropriately. Oh, probably. That'd probably be better. <laughs> but that means you're just keeping an even balance in your sleep bank. Okay. I'm I pretty, dare... What I'm saying is anything you come at me with right now, I will make work in the sleep bank theory. Fair enough. Well, when you have the time for this, you need to sleep for 24 hours and then stay up for... Like, 48. So that wouldn't work. And it's not because a sleep bank doesn't exist. It's because I don't have that good of credit in the sleep bank. (laughs) So I couldn't, like, borrow that much sleep time to use later. Okay. Gotcha. So the analogy still works, but your scenario doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Told you I could take anything. You really could. I'm actually very impressed. All right. On to the next thing. So, Jarrett, yes. I hear you have an update on the gum disintegration syndrome situation. I have an update on my complaint. I wish I got more answers. Oh, I will have no. to say. So, okay. First off, walking away from that episode last week, I did write a letter. Good. <clears throat> Dear Dentine Ice, first off, I love your gum. I love its intensity and variety of flavors. I chew three to four packs of your gum each week. Not true, but you gotta butter them up. It helps keep my breath fresh, cut down on snacks, and helps me not bite my nails. Your gum is as much a staple in my pocket as my keys are. Recently, I had a very disturbing experience. I was at work at a, oh, I was at a work event chewing your midnight mint flavor, one of my faves. I was running around working and all of a sudden, the gum I was chewing turned to liquid. I was horrified. I had to run past co-workers to the nearest bar stand. It was at a work event where there were bars. 
grab a napkin and drool out a mouthful of minty liquid. I must say, I can't make sense of this. It's been twirling in my head and it just doesn't make sense. It also happened to two other pieces in that pack. Not true, but once again, you just gotta amplify the situation. I'm writing to you today and I'm hoping that you're able to help me make sense of this situation and what happened in my mouth. I'm also hoping that you can help reaffirm my confidence in your brand and company. Thank you for your time and anticipated response. Sincerely, Jared Hegland. Wow, that is a great... I love your letters. Like, they should be a piece of art. People don't realize the key to a great complaint letter is making them know that you're invested in them Mm -hmm. to begin with. No one wants to help someone who hates you the whole way. Yeah. Was there a response that you maybe chew too much gum in a week? No. Oh, my God. That'd be a great response. <laughs> Sorry. I'm we appreciate. They're like, respond, dear Mr. Hagland. We appreciate your commitment to our brand, but we're a little bit concerned about how much gum you chew. Did you used to be a smoker? <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. They reached out with concern. Oh, no. This tells me a lot. Well... This was the response. Hi, Jarrett. We appreciate you taking the time to visit our website and for letting us know about your experience. We're sorry to hear you are not happy with Mondelez International. Apparently that's the brand that owns Zentine. <laughs> we are sending you reimbursement in the mail for this product, which you should receive within 10 to 14 business days. So yes, that means I'm getting a check for like a solid $1.20. <laughs> the problem you described sounds like the product was not properly stored during distribution. We take care at our manufacturing facilities to ensure that our products are stored at the correct temperature and time frame until we're able to distribute them. Once our products are in distribution, however, the storage is out of our control. We'll be certain to share your comments with our quality assurance team. Your satisfaction is important to us. I kind of think that they copped out. They just passed the buck. Right? They blamed (laughs) someone else. Yep. I'm not happy with that. That's really funny, though. I do look forward to my $1.20 check. (laughs) I'm going to put it up with my check for like three seventy five for a thing of chicken noodle soup that I have on the fridge. Yes. You should. You should have these things framed. Forget about the wall of pictures you currently have. Just, Just have all your letters. letters and, and responses. Yeah. <laughs> I also this weekend had a pepperoni stick that had a piece of bone in it. So I'll let you know how that complaint letter great. goes. Great. I, I sent wait. it. So we'll see what the response is. Well, that's a great update. Well, I look forward to you receiving your check. Me too. Uh, I'll take you out for a piece of bubblegum. Yeah, not even not even a, uh, a hot dog at Costco. No. Ikea hot dog. Oh, yeah. Or ice cream. Hot dog? Hot dogs is $1.50. Oh, my God. We'll see Everywhere. what they put this gum worth. That's where I'm not sure about. Mm-hmm. It's got to cost more to send the check, though. Right? It's, okay, so if they're like, okay, a pack of gum is $1.20... It was three pieces of a pack of 12. Oh my God. If they don't reimburse me for the whole pack of they gum. Will. I wonder though. I'd kind of like because that. Here's not... 38 cents. You're not buying by the piece. Here's 38 cents. <laughs> I think the best part about the chicken noodle soup check is I think it's also addressed to Miss Jared Hagland. <laughs> so Ashley, what you watching? Slash reading. Slash listening. What you putting in ya? <laughs> is that not right? I guess we're just gonna change the name of it to that. What is it? It's so what you watching slash listening slash reading slash putting in you. 
I just thought it flowed better if I what? just ended it to a question. You know what? Then if that's what it is, that's what it is. So this is the new segment. So, Ashley, what you watching? Slash reading. Slash listening. What you putting in ya? <laughs> you almost didn't know it. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was a um, slash what you putting in you or just what you putting in Anyway. Because you switched because I called you on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, question for me? Yeah? I guess it's a question for us. And I think we talked about this beforehand and we hadn't, we didn't get too much new, new stuff absorbed into us this week. Yeah, believe it or not, (laughs) I have not just like completely completed another season of some show, although (laughs) I did finish One Day at a Time. Oh. But that's a whole other conversation. And I finished my book. So I guess this week was a week of us finishing things we'd already talked about. And so instead... I guess we'll talk about what we're looking forward to. Yeah, because we were, when we were chatting, excited about some things coming up. Yes. Um, so number one, one thing that we were kind of excited for and thought other people may be as well is Queer Eye Season 3. We thought, we know people are excited about that. I guess. The internet for sure is excited. And they just came out with a date a little while ago. Trailer came out. Yep, March 15th. What are you excited about with Queer Eye Season 3 coming well, I'm excited that they are um, doing a, is it called a makeover with this group now? But like a situation, they're doing an episode with a lesbian woman, um, a young, young Oh, lesbian. really? Yeah. Which is great. Uh, they're also doing a couple, which is oh. also really nice. Yeah. So it's going to, I just saw the trailer today. <laughs> I don't watch trailers. I don't like to know what's coming. Oh, so. see, and this is, I'm the opposite. I don't mind spoilers because it makes me like, it kind of hypes me up for what's coming. Oh my God. I can't stand a spoiler. Oh, I love a spoiler. Um, I will, I will look for things. Uh, Jerrica gets really mad at me about it because she's like, you know what's going to happen. Anyway. Um, so yes. But those do sound exciting. As much as I didn't want to know them, you spilt them out and yeah. i am excited well i didn't them. know that's that was something no i, I did not come said. in with I'm that so information sorry. no but that is exciting <laughs> i'm but, glad that they are taking the show and actually trying to adjust it and do new things mm-hmm. it was great they're doing a great job with that good job producers uh i have to admit and like maybe well i'll let the listeners decide what if we're being judgy or whatever I look forward to seeing Antony's new cooking skills. Right? <laughs> if any. So, I guess more than anything about Queer Eye in between seasons, that's what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. I've been watching it. I follow them all on Instagram, check out their social media, and Anthony has, he's kind of a contradiction. At this one, ch- on one side, he's been trying to, I think, build his cooking credentials. If you watch his stories... I think he's coming out with a cookbook or something. And for a yes. while, he was building recipes, like Polish, yeah. focusing on Polish cuisine. Ooh, okay. That's kind of cool because, like, Polish cuisine is, just as a side note, I know it's on the top of grade now, but Polish cuisine is really underrated. And through dating several Polish people, I have come to really, like, appreciate and love Polish food. So, okay, Antony's winning me back a little bit with that. With that? Um, but at the same time, like the other day on his Instagram story, he was hawking, and I say hawking because I'm pretty sure he was making money about it, frozen fish sticks. Literal frozen fish sticks, which he said are best enjoyed and prepared the way he had them as a kid, dipped in ketchup. So I'm going to take from that, on a positive note, 
that he's self-aware that he people think be. he can't fucking cook. He has to be. It has to be a joke. Especially if he was part of the Comedy Fest thing. Like, it's got to be a part of his pseudo-comedy. Yeah, it's got to be a part of his shtick. Fish shtick. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that was... <laughs> you made me feel so bad right now that I didn't think of that. <laughs> I'll always think of a good pun. <laughs> oh my god, his fish stick. Oh. Do, you want, do you want to say it again? You can have it. No, 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 no. I don't, okay. I, I don't, we don't edit this. We're not going to do that. Okay. So yeah, I want, I'm interested. Sorry, that was just so great. I'm, I am interested to see what he does, to see if he changes it up. Maybe we'll learn how to slice um, walnuts this time. True. Maybe this time he'll show us how to turn tomatoes into salsa to go with his guacamole. Okay, not going to lie, though. That's actually really, like, salsa's a little complicated. It's more complicated than guacamole. For sure. <laughs> it's not complicated. Well, it's not like... It's not just tomatoes in a bowl. No, it's tomatoes, onions, chili peppers, and cilantro in a bowl? See, that's a lot of ingredients. Oh my god, there's four. <laughs> <laughs> not daunting. And so, the guacamole being so simple, not daunting... Here's how you slice almonds. Not daunting. <laughs> Make some fish sticks with ketchup, I guess. Not, not daunting. daunting. Uh, disgusting, but not daunting. But regardless of how simple he takes it, like, it's just, you don't get to call yourself a chef. I've said that before. Just because you can mash up some avocados. No, I think it's also because he's pretty so that enough people just let him call himself whatever he wants. Well, yeah. Like, he, what, is it, is or was a model? And a psychology student. He didn't study anything with food. No. So not looking forward to that, I guess. I was going to say, we've done it before. So aside from <laughs> shitting on Anthony. Maybe Bobby I'm, will like do more this season. Maybe like, Bobby will blossom. Him. Yeah. I'd love to see Bobby blossom. I would blossom. love to see Bobby blossom. Yeah. Hear more from it. And I get, he, he's a lot to do. Taking care of these houses. Right. But. He's doing, him and Tan are doing the real work. But hello, trading spaces, we could see everything happening and get to engage with the hosts. Yeah, very true. So maybe we can get that this season on Queer Eye. And if not, then season four, Queer Eye producers and writers, get in touch with us. We'll uh, give you a hand. I got ideas. I know we said we're excited about this, but I got one more bone to pick with them. Mm. Jonathan Van Ness, like, he's part of the look transformation. Mm -hmm. So he does a lot. There's a big thing there. But... I would like to see him do more this season than shorten hair and shave off a beard. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot of what he does. A lot of them were to remove the beard or the neck beard mm-hmm. and look how much they've changed. It's a big change. Well, it is, but I feel there's more. And with at least one of them, it was also about like the moisturization... And how to take care of the skin underneath the beard. Yeah, he talked about that a lot. Honestly, now I'm going to give him a bit of love. I feel like through the little bit of appearance changes he does, it's really just about take some time each day to care about yourself, treat yourself, Mm -hmm. and how you look and how you feel. Yeah. All right. I just spun myself around on him as I was trying to hate. (laughs) I guess we feel bad about hating so much on Antony. That we're trying to, like, find someone else, but... Or there was just something to love about JVN, and I don't know if there is to love about <laughs> Anthony. Oh, well, Queer Eye starts on Friday, so that'll be two days after this 
episode drops. Yeah, people so can go watch it. We'll all watch it together, and then we'll probably talk about it next week. Yeah, and what else? Like, so I'm excited. Veep, the final season of Veep, starring Julia Louis Dreyfus, is out. It's coming out. I didn't know it was still on. Like, I've been watching it on on demand occasionally, but I thought it was over. They took a big break because she had breast cancer. Oh shit! Yeah, and so now it's coming back. This one I did watch the trailer for just because I love it too, too much. Yeah. And spoiler alert, she's running for president again. Of course. And I just can't wait. It's, <sighs> no matter what happens, it's going to be so funny. But I have a, I have my, I don't know if it's a prediction. I have what I want the show to end with. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be slightly upset. Do you want to share it with listeners right now? Sure. The show needs to end with her being Veep. Yeah. I want her to be the vice president. I think that's the finest way to end it. Mm -hmm. She runs for the nomination, doesn't get it, becomes the vice presidential candidate again, and becomes Veep, and we're all back at square one. It's a perfect full circle. Right? Yeah. It'd be so nice. They would be the smart writing way to go. And you're excited for one that's coming up. Well, I mean, okay, so I mentioned before that I'm a big fan of Top Chef uh, and Top Chef Canada. What's funny is I saw an ad for Top Chef Canada, which the new season starts on April 1st, um, and I recognized somebody, and I was just kind of like blown away, and I want to have this conversation about, um, well, I don't know, but about those like small touches of pseudo-fame, Yeah, where like this person's practically a stranger to me now. And yet, I'm, like, so excited to see them compete, and I'm like, I know that person, I dated that person, like, um, in high school. <laughs> so you date someone in high school who's going to be on Top Chef Canada. Yeah. Or was, I guess, on it, but it just hasn't started yet. Yes. That's cool. Like, I get it. I think it's because we watch TV, we watch all these things, and it seems like a fantasy. It seems like a world that we're not part of and might never be a part of. Mm-hmm. So as soon as there's that moment where it's like, no... It's real. I feel connected. Yeah. It just is such a strong thing in us to to attach to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Well, and it's funny because I guess I've seen his progression. Mm. Um, so, like, I remember when he went to school and I remember he had various struggles um, early on in his career. Um, now we're just doing a tell-all about this Top Chef contestant. <laughs> No, not a tell-all. No, no, what were his issues? Come on. (laughs) No. Um, But it's just funny to see that now he... And and then recently I saw him as, like, the the breakfast chef at a restaurant I go to regularly. Um, We ignored each other, but we totally, like, acknowledged... Like, we saw each other, but neither of us even, like, said... We didn't even wave to each other. Um, but you had that eye contact moment where you both knew who it the was other locked. was? I'm pretty sure. Like, we definitely locked eyes. Oh. So, I mean, I I also have a weird memory. People have noted before that I remember a crazy amount of things. Um, and, like, old things. But when you date somebody, you know, even if it's in high school. That person's like, in you. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's there. Even if they weren't in you, but. Oh, so more. Hey, We're yeah. finding out so much about him. <laughs> What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? So, in the past week, 
all of a sudden, we have all come to realize that Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is, or was, bisexual. Which has brought a lot of joy to everybody. Um, First off, I'm glad that's the reaction. Me too. Like, I'm glad that it's being accepted with love and warmth and excitement. Mm-hmm. There's a new biopic coming out about Mr. Rogers. Um, and it's based a little bit on a book that came out in 2018, which when I first started, like, harping on this whole situation, I was like, this book came out in 2018. We all should have known forever ago. And then I realized the book only came out in September, which is only, like... <laughs> Well, I guess not six months now, ago. but yeah, September is, or 2018 was not that long ago at all. So, um, and then, but then I was like, but the interview where it came up was 1975. Um, so to, uh, for those who, who aren't aware, um, from the book, it says, Rogers himself was often labeled a sissy or gay in a derogatory sense. But as his longtime associate, Elliot Daly, put it, Fred is one of the strongest people I've ever met in my life. So if they're saying he's gay because... Dot, dot, dot. That's a surrogate for saying he's weak. That's not right because he's incredibly strong. He adds, he wasn't a very masculine person. He wasn't a very feminine person. He was androgynous. In a 1975 interview from, for the New York Times, Rogers noted drolly, I'm not John Wayne, so consequently, for some people, I'm not the model for the man in the house. In conversation with one of his friends, the openly gay Dr. William Hirsch, Fred Rogers himself concluded that if sexuality was measured on a scale of 1 to 10, well, you know, I must be right smack in the middle, because I have found women attractive and I have found men attractive. I just love that we're finding something out about someone who has passed and someone who is insanely popular and part of us all. And it's a good thing. Or mm-hmm. it's a lovely thing. If there is anyone who is going to be bisexual, Mr. Rogers being bisexual to me just means, oh my god, he loved people even more than we thought he did. Right? I think it is so sweet. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. I also, I'm trying to, and clearly this never would have happened on the show, but I'm trying to like picture how he would talk about bisexuals because he had such a way and it was part of his show of how he talked to kids and it was that it was so literal Mm -hmm. and i think you can find online or something and it's an example of the language that he made sure he used with kids and it's centered around blowing out candles on a birthday cake and it goes over like corrections and things that he made to the script to make sure that you know, kids didn't lean into it. Like, he was very clear and literal about it. Mm. And I would love to know how Mr. Rogers would explain bisexual love to children. Yeah. As creepy as that <clears throat> almost sounded. Yeah, I guess he never really had the chance to talk about queer relationships because it would. The world probably wasn't ready when if, he was if still If he was on TV now, I bet he would. Mm hmm. Sorry. As I'm here a little bit gushing about Mr. Rogers, Ashley is giving me a look. Not that she doesn't like Mr. Rogers, but I do know, who do you love more, Ashley? Mr. Dressup, a Canadian idol. And Mr. Dressup's great. And it's... But he's not Mr. Rogers. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've understood that, like, you can like them both equally. <laughs> but when I, like, when I was, 
like six, I would stab someone for preferring Mr. Rogers over Mr. Dressel. Oh, wow. Like, I felt very strongly that it was one or the other. Really? Yeah. And I just, I could not get behind Mr. Rogers. I think because he's American and Mr. Dressup is like Canadian. You had a bit of pride there? I did. I was weirdly a very like Canadiana kid. Well, and it's funny though, the juxtaposition there, because now we're finding out that Mr. Rogers, probably bisexual and very well known, Mr. Dressup, asexual. Really? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like Daylight Savings Time? No, I don't. I don't see the value in it anymore now that we have enough technology. I don't know when Daylight Savings Time as a concept began, but I understand it was like for farmers. And I now... feel that's an urban myth. Oh, yeah? I kind of think. Because I feel like now we have enough technology that we don't really need that. No. You ha- you can have lights on when you're farming. Like You know what? I also think farmers are adaptable enough. They're, all- they're already getting up super early. I don't think the extra hour is really helping them at all. True. Um, so I have a bit of... First of all, anything that a collective group can kind of hate on, mm-hmm. I kind of love a little. Oh, totally. So I love that we can all hate on Daylight Savings Time in the spring. And it's such a joy in the fall. <laughs> well, it's funny because I also was reading something today about how, like I started this with, it was sort of about saving energy and not having as many lights on or not having the heat on, that sort of thing. But we're spending the same amount of energy anyway on air conditioners and um, fans. I don't think daylight savings time ever changed the temperature. Oh, well, no, but but you... The time of day you're active, which contributes to that. Right, that and it could be a mental thing. Because it's like, oh, it's sunny or more. And also, if you're getting more sunlight into your house during the day, it will affect I guess the heat in your house. So, I love that we can collectively hate it. I love the extra hour in the fall. I hate having to change clocks. Because that's just frustrating. Mm -hmm. And we are on the path where we live that I think once it goes back in the fall, it'll be the last time we ever have to do it. Oh, that's how it works. So, I wasn't sure. (laughs) Yes. Very exciting news. But... (laughs) I thought maybe we would always be at this time schedule now, but I think you're right because it's I imagine like, it's we would do or not daylight savings time. Yeah, like if we started, which I thought we were ending it, but you are quote unquote correct. correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we're starting it now, then when it ends in the fall is the mm-hmm. time that we should go. And we live on the west coast in British Columbia, Canada, Oregon. This week, or very recently, passed legislation to get rid of daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. It's in the works in California and Washington. And our premier and government has said that once those states do it, we'll do it too because we're all in sync and business and stuff, that it makes sense. I have a question about that, though. Sure. Because there are some cities or towns in BC yeah. that are on a different time zone. So, like, why does it, like, they can do business with us, no problem. Why can't we do business, no problem, with Washington, California? I don't think it's no problem. I think they're, I love rural British Columbia. Rural British Columbia is key to what makes our province beautiful. But I don't think business in Cranbrook 
really depends on California. I don't think they are looking at time zones. It's not as integral. It's an hour. It's like... I don't think it's as integral. It's not three hours. And I have worked in companies where I would have to check my emails at six in the morning because I had clients in Ottawa. So do you think we shouldn't get rid of daylight savings time or do you think we shouldn't get rid of it for this reason? I think we should get rid of it any any time. So with, we don't, if they did it, it or not, matter. we should get rid of it. That's right. Okay. We can all get used to doing business on different times. Like... Just tell everyone in Washington, we're not open, or we're open an hour early, and we're going to close an hour before you guys close. Other businesses, other businesses do it. I guess. It just, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> Fuck! This segment is just you being right. <laughs> yes. That's all I want. I mean, but that, that's the funny thing, though, is like, it is, there's this whole Western side of the continent agreement i guess i was talking about it at work the other day and someone said oh it depends on like all the other states and i i thought it was so silly but it matters to everyone else so so maybe you're wrong no i am right (laughs) and someone should listen to me michael jackson i don't think i need to say much more to have folks understand why this is a hot topic right now and understand why we're bringing it up like Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Um, recently, their new HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland, has come out. We haven't watched it, either of us. But it's kind of rehashed the conversation about him and what he did with kids. I found this one really interesting. I think we're in an age right now where people have been called out. We're dealing with R. Kelly. We've dealt with Kevin Spacey, Roseanne, Bill Cosby. I think people were generally quite quick to cancel these people out of our collective pop culture subconscious. Mm-hmm. But they were people who were living and and like could answer or not answer for their actions. Yeah. And, and this I... is something, sorry. No, go ahead. something I'm seeing a lot um, in groups that I'm in, especially as people are planning their, sorry to bring up weddings again, but like their wedding playlists. And people have already said like, Yep, my DJ is no, no R. Kelly. And then someone recently posted, so what are we doing with Michael Jackson? And people say, well, you know what? He's not alive to, like, defend himself. So I say, whatever, he's He's a great artist still. Right. And it's, I feel in this new age of, of really connecting the artists to their actions and their behaviors and who they are as people and holding them to account that we can't, that we're not able to separate that anymore. Mm-hmm. I find this Michael Jackson one is kind of hitting everyone a little different and is harder. Well, he's a giant. You know, like I think, well, I guess Bill Cosby was too. But the Bill Cosby allegations took a took a lot of people yeah. to come forward for people to start being like, oh, maybe we should stop buying Jello. Michael Jackson's not an idol to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I experience it the same way as other people, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are even going as far as saying that they don't believe it mm-hmm. or they're, they're choosing not to make what the story is now of him part of his legacy. And I find that fascinating because in my mind, we kind of already knew this about Michael. Right. It's a part of his story. Like not many of us or not many people 
have been brought to court twice on child molestation charges Mm -hmm. who didn't molest children. Yeah. But that's something he went through that people were very willing to block out. And now faced with these new allegations, very strong, detailed allegations, where in the case of everyone else we've talked about, would have been enough to make them person non grata, to make them not... Mm -hmm. to make their legacy not profit off of their entertainment anymore. It's not not happening with him. Part of me wonders if it's because his victims are men. Well, they were boys, but now they're men. And this is something we've seen with other male actors who have come forward about um, any abuse they've faced. And they don't get believed. Well, just women don't get believed either. But it just, it gets brushed off more. Because if you're a man or a boy, like, sexuality is natural to you. And um, there's just something about the disbelief on on men and boys that I think is really unfair is not the right word. Like, it's too light of a word for the situation. But... That's that's where I'm at right now with this is like I wonder if it's because the victims are men. Yeah, and it might be. I do also think because it involves children, I think it's a new level of heinous. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to understand and be able to accept that Bill Cosby essentially raped women. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to accept that Kevin Spacey was aggressive and either raped or assaulted. You know, I think in some cases they were underage, but Mm -hmm. there's a difference between a 17-year-old and a 10-year-old. Yeah. And I think the level of crime, the fact that it's so harsh, is oddly enough making it so difficult to Mm. condemn. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knew and still admits that Michael Jackson was strange. Yeah. There was the 2003 Martin Brashear documentary where he talked about sleeping in bed with kids. And it's almost like this openness and his weirdness and his past and the fact that he was abused by his father and abused by others almost made it not okay, but it it gave people a reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly shocked how much that is still happening. I think, and you and I talked this, uh, you and I talked about this before, um, that a lot of this conversation it paints him as some sort of victim as well, mm-hmm. as, as you just said. Um, and forgives him because he had to grow up so fast or um, didn't really get to have a childhood. That's what I always remember is when I first had any sort of idea of anything he may have done, I remember kind of the counter argument being like, well, maybe it's not what everyone thinks it is. Maybe he just, like, spent time with younger boys because, like, he didn't really have a childhood and, like... Because he was still a kid in his head. Yeah. That's kind of my theory on it, is that 
he was abused. He never had a childhood. And he clearly had that, as he said, like Peter Pan syndrome, where he didn't want to grow up and he was still a kid in his head. Mm -hmm. And I think because the allegations for so long were out there and it's kind of become part of Michael Jackson's just legend and story, these allegations, Mm -hmm. people kind of thought that it was almost innocent Mm -hmm. and not coming from a bad place Yeah, when these things happened and were talked about. And from what I've read and I've seen of these allegations now, I think it's turned and shown that it it didn't come from from an innocent place. Mm -hmm. And has shown a side of evil and darkness that I don't think these allegations ever really had behind them before. Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. This week for a Gaze of the Week, we are going to give a shout out to Andrew D, uh, who emailed us saying and suggesting that for Gaze of the Week, we can occasionally talk about more historical gays and queers who have kind of led us to where we are today. And with inspiration from him, I my Gay of the Week is Larry Kramer. He's the author of the novel I talked about at the end of... He's the author of the novel I mentioned last week, Faggots. And he is one of the pioneers of the HIV activist movement. He is a playwright and author. He wrote The Normal Heart, which was made into a a miniseries on HBO. Um, And he was the man who called HIV a plague. And really brought drastic terms to the crisis that gay men were facing. And he has pushed our movement and our people through that time and beyond and it i think it's important to remember people like him and that history of hiv for gay men i know in the day and age we live now hiv isn't a death sentence it's not a plague that we live with every day but talking to the older gay men that i'm friends with and know it it's it's they it identify the huge part of their life where sex could mean death And they saw a lot of their friends die. And it's something you bring up with them where then they talk about it sincerely. Like, you, they changed. You can tell what it meant to them. And I think we're lucky in this day and age that it's not something that defines this generation of gay men. But I think we need to remember what happened and what it meant to those folks. And what it still affects those people and our community today. And so Larry Kramer gave the week for being an activist in that time, for pushing the public to recognize what was going on in that time. And I think very specially for people nowadays, encapsulating what that time was in art and in literature so that it can be remembered and brought forward to future generations of gay men. So thank you for Andrew D for the suggestion and thank you for Larry Kramer for making sure that there are things out there that we can look to to feel and understand what was happening in that time. Also inspired by listener Andrew D. So my gay of the week, um, well, queer of the week, uh, is one of uh, the U.S.'s first like widely public um, trans women. Um, her name is Christine Jorgensen. 
she was a GI in the U.S. Army, um, and she underwent gender-affirming surgery in the early 50s, was quite popular and, like, well-known at the time, and she took the opportunity to be an activist on the issue uh, and to to push medical professionals to discuss gender, sex, and sexuality. Obviously, at the time, there were many... There was a lot of discrimination and backlash against her and her uh, fiancé at the time, um, who actually also lost his job because of their engagement, because her birth certificate still listed her as male. Um, So they couldn't get married, um, and it just... It did make other issues for them, but she never let that get her down. Uh, She pushed forward and ensured that she would continue to be a voice for the trans movement. And she even said, uh, we didn't start the sexual revolution, but I think we gave it a good kick in the pants. Which I really like. Sometimes I wish we could just sit down every day and put this out and talk about things because I just love spending this time with you so much. Aw, that's really sweet. And I love these conversations we have. Sometimes we have them earlier in the week and I want to like take a jar and collect it and like save that for when we record because I, I do. I really enjoy the interaction with you and how we bounce off each other. It's lovely and I enjoy the interaction with all of you listeners out there. So if you want to continue that interaction, come follow us at, on Instagram at Gay Best Friends Podcast. Send us a message interact you can also send us feedback like our new friend andrew d did email us at gaybestfriendspodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to go onto your listening app and like us or you know follow us give us some stars and we would love to encourage new listeners to listen to the podcast and i think one of the best ways to do that is to hear what you like about it so if you could leave us a review that would be really awesome for us really and if you listen on itunes podcast if you haven't given us a five-star rating right now be ashamed just be ashamed but for those of you who have and probably all the rest of you love you so much thank you again for listening can't wait to talk about all the issues with you next week ashley and with all of you out there bye Bye, besties. besties